Did you know that it's possible to survive the boss from hell without quitting your job or selling your soul? Hi, my name is Ken Williams and I'm a certified life coach and a master of connecting with people. I've had a lot of bad bosses because who hasn't? And I'm the host of the Bad Boss Podcast, a podcast where we explore ways to improve relationships at work so that you can survive the boss from hell. So join me as we delve into the ins and outs of working with people that you never wanted to be friends with. If you're hoping to reduce your work stress and increase your job satisfaction when it seems impossible, this is the podcast for you. Get ready to discover the power of untoxic positivity and learn how to survive the boss from hell. And welcome if I can get my, uh, <laughs> my screen to change. There we go. I finally made it. And happy Monday. It is, uh, was this the third week in a row that we are doing video uh, podcasts? Welcome back. And uh, welcome to those of you who are new listeners or those who I am newly aware are listeners. Shout out to a former coworker of mine. Don't have any bad boss stories yet. Uh, Christina. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Maybe we'll have you on at one point as a guest. You can tell us all the stuff that you're doing right. Uh, maybe some of the stuff you're doing wrong. We'll uh, get into that a little bit. This week, as we talked about last week, we're talking about toxic bosses again. Uh, last week, it was, uh, what if my boss is toxic? Had a, a few ideas. This week, I'm just kind of toying around with the idea, is it possible to outsmart a toxic boss? This is a tough, that's not tough. This is, it can be a little bit tricky though, because again, we talked about last week, toxic. What makes a boss toxic? And and are we talking about something that truly is toxic? Are we talking about something that is, my opinion, I don't like, I don't like. Uh, When I was um, younger, a younger father, much younger, uh, as my kids would grow up and I would give them instructions. Hey, I need you to clean the, uh, the cat litter. I need you to take the trash out to the street. I need you to empty the dishwasher, whatever it is. Um, stop yelling at me. Just because I was saying something that they didn't want to hear, they called that yelling. They thought that was yelling. And so that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody who just has a style that you don't like. We're not talking about somebody who is um, not, doesn't vibe with you, doesn't really resonate with you or connect with you. We're talking about somebody who's actually toxic. Um, I think we talked a little bit last week about what that is. So we won't get a whole lot into it, but toxic, a toxic boss is somebody who's truly, who, who creates a culture that truly is bad for your well-being. Can you outsmart that? And I think there are a couple ways that we can do that. Um, the First way that I have thought of, a lot of it is, um, uh, we talk about in the book as well, but understanding their motivations. As you get to know people a little bit and get to know their motivations, you may learn what makes them tick. That's powerful. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, wasn't planning on doing this. And so I don't have it all lined out. Otherwise I could have a, I have this all put up in a, um, a nice graph. Maybe we'll do that next week. That would actually be really interesting to have this out. This is a model of behavior that I learned a lot of years ago from a man named Hiram Smith. If you've heard of the Franklin Planner, or now it's Franklin Covey, uh, Hiram Smith 
is the Franklin part of Franklin Covey before he merged with the uh, McCovey Group. And he had this model. The first part is about um, needs. We've got, if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there are several needs. We have the need to feel important. We have the need to love and be loved. We have the need to uh, survive. We have the need to uh, have variety. And if you look at, and there are other needs as well, but if you look at those specific needs, the everything that we do is designed to meet those needs. As your boss, toxic or not, as your boss does things, as he or she makes decisions, as he or he, she interacts with you and other people to, and I'm just going to put in quotes, to move the work forward uh, because that's what the boss is trying to do. I, in most cases, in most cases, the boss is not trying to intentionally sabotage efforts. Sometimes that may be a byproduct. We may talk about that at some point. But everything the boss does is meeting one of those needs. Maybe it's to feel important. Maybe the boss's boss is somebody that the boss is trying to impress. And so I want to feel important. So if I can do this, if I can get you to do that, if I can take credit for this other thing, that behavior is going to meet maybe the need to feel important, the need to survive. Um, a lot of times the boss is going to do things that will be just for his or her survival. If they, <laughs> maybe they swore on their life that they would meet a deadline and it looks like you might not be hitting the deadline. You may be the reason that he's not going to hit his deadline. Maybe the boss will start really um, riding you pretty hard. And that's just to meet his need to survive. Uh, to love and be loved. Maybe the boss is feeling, and I'm not necessarily talking about a romantic love. I'm talking about just the need to feel connected. Maybe the boss needs to to feel like she fits in. And so she does things so that she fits in to her peer group or to your peer group. And then um, variety. We have a need for variety. If we had um, mac and cheese, not my favorite, if we had that for dinner every single day, every single day, I think <laughs> I would go crazy. I, would, I need some variety. I want um, mesquite grilled chicken sometimes. And I want baked potatoes sometimes. And I want um, <laughs> biscuits and gravy sometimes. I want some variety. So that's true for all of us. We all want, we all want variety, but we all do things in our jobs, in our home lives, in our relationships with each other. We all do things to meet needs. Now this model goes on. We're not going to talk a whole lot more about that. I may, I'm going to make a note and we'll talk about that model at some point and um, talk about how that really shapes and colors our life. It's very rich and powerful the way that if you start to understand those things. But as you start to understand somebody's motivation, if you think about those four specific, specific needs, everything the boss does is trying to meet one of those needs. Now, there may be some uh, difficult um, maybe, depending on the situation, there may be some inappropriate things that the boss is doing uh, or methods that the boss is using to meet those needs. But understand that the boss is trying to meet those needs. As you get to know the boss a little bit more, get to understand what makes them tick, 
a lot of times as, and this may take some time, but a lot of times as you start to see what's going on, what's happening, how do they respond to different people, different situations, then it will start to get easier. Okay, this is what the boss is doing to feel important. This is what the boss is doing just to survive, keep the job. So you may find situations where the it it becomes pretty clear that the boss is on the hot seat. And so if the boss is on the hot seat, you may get to be on the hot seat. Now that doesn't necessarily make it a toxic situation. It definitely makes it an uncomfortable situation. But if it's truly toxic, start with understanding the motivations. Now these other these other two tips aren't necessarily step by step. These are just things that if you're in a really um bad, toxic, negative situation. These are some, some things that you're going to want to do. Second thing you're going to do, you're going to want to do is find allies. You're going to want to find things that you can use, people that you can use, resources that you can use that will back you up. This is where it's important to know who you can trust. I've had work groups where I know, I know if I tell this person what I'm struggling with, if I tell this person something that's going on, maybe in my personal life, maybe a conflict that I've had with the boss, whatever, I know that person is going to maintain the confidence. I can trust that she's not going to go blabbing my business to anybody else. I can have confidence in that. Unfortunately, there are also situations where you may have that same level of confidence that anything I say to you is going to make it to somebody else. Um, anything that I, that I share with this person, this peer, this employee, this boss happens with bosses as well is going to get shared. And so learn who your allies can be, learn who you can trust, learn who your, your resources can be. It might be important to connect with human resources. It might be important to understand that they are there to help you out now. I'm going to tip my hand just a little bit and tell you my opinion about human resources. I used to be in human resources. My role in human resources for many years was an analytical role. The company that I was in, uh, I would be the person I had access to all of the data. So the HR system has, it's a database really that's just got information like hire date, term date, social security number, employee name, um, birth date, all sorts of things, including salary and address. And when was your last review? When was your last uh, warning letter? When you, all this stuff is just a database. And so I was the guy that would pull information. People would come to me and say, I need to know what my budget is for um, merit increases this year. And I knew that based on the budget increase was going to be a certain percentage. It's going to be, let's just say 4%. And this is the range, or this is the total salary amount for their span of control. And I can figure out what 4% of that would be. And I can calculate what their, uh, what their budget was. Or I remember one time we were having a company party and there was going to be alcohol involved and we needed to make sure we uh, did not make alcohol available to those who are not 21 years old. So I just need a list of everybody who's not 21. So that was, that was my guy, my, my role. But because it was a human resources function, I worked very closely with the compensation analysts, with the uh, generalists, with the, uh, the benefits people. And so I learned a lot, and inc- including 
um, I got involved with SHRM, which is the Society for, for Human Resources Management. I actually got certified with them. And um, the thing I le- I've learned about HR is their primary purpose is to keep you out of trouble. The pr- their primary purpose is to keep you as the employee from losing your job. Now, I'm not talking about uh, protecting you if you make a stupid decision. I'm talking about keeping you from making a stupid decision. So as an example, I would, um, uh, human resources, I should say that, because I have had various roles, various uh, areas of human resources and other management positions and things like that. But um, human resources should tell you, for example, that you need to be really careful about administering discipline to this person in this situation because of the way you've handled that same situation in other, uh, with other employees. They should be there to help protect you and your job, make sure that you're doing things the right way. That's their job. Sometimes you get some HR people who think that their job is to tell you how to do your job. That's really not it. If you think about the core purpose of human resources, it's to help you and your boss and their boss, etc., not make stupid, stupid decisions so that you can, um, so that you can keep your job, prevent lawsuits, that sort of thing. But the whole point of that is human resources, a good human resources, um, uh, analyst or a generalist or human resources re- representative, whatever you call them, a good one is going to be an ally for you. And so they should be able to maintain confidence, confidences. They should be able to tell you whether the experiences that you're having are appropriate or not appropriate. Uh, they should be able to tell you whether the boss is treating you properly, uh, improperly, um, and that sort of thing. So get connected with human resources if that's important. Now, I'm not talking about crying wolf. I'm not talking about every time somebody hurts your feelings, run into HR and saying, I don't like that they, whatever. Not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making sure that they're an ally, making sure that they're there to help support you. That's what their job is. At the same time, their job is to help enforce policy. So get familiar with the policy. If the boss is violating policy, get to know that. Find out what specifically the boss should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, what is the policy? What is the guideline? What is it that, that the company expects out of the boss? And at the same time, as you're, as you're finding allies, it could be resources that you have with um, human resources. It could be people that you work with, but also take care of yourself. Self-care, super important, super easy to forget. So make sure that you're taking a break. I was training a new manager one time and he asked, so when do we get our uh, lunch break? And I just laughed because I wasn't in the habit of taking lunch breaks. Not the best way to do it. So don't think that, that you're impressing somebody or that you need to impress somebody by eliminating your own personal self-care. Don't be lazy about it, but take care of you. That's very important. Make sure that you're getting up every little bit. Um, set a schedule. Maybe it's every 45 or 50 minutes. You're getting up and you're taking a bit of a walk. Go and get a drink. Make sure that you're staying hydrated and that sort of thing. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you're not good mentally, then anything at all that happens with the boss is going to be... Um, compound it, it's going to be much more difficult to really adequately and objectively assess and deal with. So a couple things there. So we got um, 
figure out what the motivations are, find some allies and work with them. Finally, document. If things are really bad, if things are really toxic, if they're really putting you in a bad, bad spot, bad things are happening, negative, toxic things are happening, document it. Now, when you document, a couple ways that you can do it, easy way to do it, the way that I would usually do it is I would shoot myself an email. If you're worried about things going on at work or things being monitored at work, you can shoot something to your home email, write a note, create a code. A lot of times I would use a code that I would easily be able to interpret, but it was not necessarily something that somebody else would be able to to, uh, figure out. Um, But you're going to need hard, cold facts. If something is seriously happening, you need to have specifics. You need to have no details about what's going on. Uh, and not just know them, but you need to be able to, to explain, share details. I had one, one employee one time who came up and was complaining about another employee. She's got a bad attitude. Okay, what is she doing? She's got a bad attitude. Okay, <laughs> what specifically? I can't fix bad attitude because what bad attitude means to me and what bad attitude means to you, not the same thing. But if you come up to me and say, my boss called me <laughs> a lazy whiner. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Um, something that's not appropriate. So if somebody, if, if the boss is using racial language or, or racist, that's what I just said. They're using racist language. If they're using ageist, uh, if they're using se- sexist language, if they're making disparaging comments, if they're telling jokes that are inappropriate, that's the kind of specific thing that needs to be documented. Um, I had an employee that showed me things that this employee is saying they told this joke told the he wrote the joke it was uncomfortable because it was really out out of line but it's that kind of thing that anybody will need to have to be able to make any kind of a change going to a boss and saying you know I've heard some complaints that you've got a bad attitude what does that even mean but if if you've got a complaint that I mean, here's some com- complaints that you're um, handling things in a racist manner or something like that. Make it, it'll make a big difference. So document, make sure that, that what you're documenting is not just a, uh, a difference of opinion. It's not just that I don't like this. This doesn't um, work for me. I had a manager one time many years ago who managed by fear. I don't know that there's anything. It's not, it's not the best practice. But I don't know that there's anything necessarily wrong, if you want to call it that, wrong with, with using your, your um, positional power to get results. I'm the boss. I'm the manager. You do what I say because I told you to do it. So that's not the best way to do it. That's not the kind of thing that you would say. But if um, the, the boss were to make some kind of a comment that is absolutely inappropriate because it, is, it violates... Um, some kind of, of of policy or some kind of right, something like that. Then that's the kind of thing you would you'd want to document. And the um, the boss, that's something that that actually some hopefully something would be able to get uh, get taken care of. So that's what I've got. Those are my ideas for this week. Um, would love to hear what you have to to talk about next week. Act like a leader. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bad Boss Podcast. We hope you found it helpful and inspiring. Remember that relationships are a work in progress and making mistakes is normal. And if you want to have a better experience with your own bad boss, I'd love to chat. Reach out to me at ken at kenwilliamscoaching.com or check out the link in the show notes. 
Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others who might benefit. And until next time, don't forget to spread untoxic positivity everywhere.